Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Each podcast is themed and I interview and ask questions from a specialist who's also the owner of a small business, just like us. If you're a business owner of a micro business, then I hope that this sparks your thinking, answers some questions that you may have, and that you get some tips on the subject that helps you move your business forwards. I do hope that you enjoy the podcast. I very much enjoyed recording it. Hello and welcome to this week's Border Buddies podcast. And this week we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence. A little bit further on, I'm going to ask about ChatGPT because I know that this guest knows all about that. But he is really a specialist in interconnected voice technology. So I'm going to ask Chris Griffiths to explain what that is to to me, I'm an oldie, so this technology is quite new. I'm interested in it because I do use Alexa, oh, said the word, and also use uh, ChatGPT. So this is going to be quite interesting for me, and I hope it will answer some of the questions that are coming up for you when you're listening to this. So welcome, Chris. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you're very welcome, and I'm going to pick your brains now, aren't we? I think so. So first of all, Tell us about your business and how you got into it. Ah, we, I guess you would say we're a product of COVID. So it was actually being stuck at home with COVID and using my, and I'm going to say her name once uh, for this, which is Alexa. And then every other time I'm going to call her Sid. So anybody who's listening on a device or has got one in the room doesn't get it set off every time. So if I say Sid, you know who I'm talking about. So yeah, I have lots of SID devices in my house and sat at home thinking there's got to be a way to Mm. actually utilize the fact that these are in so many people's houses and what's the commercial opportunity around. And that's really where the idea was born. We were lucky enough, myself and my business partner, Tom, who've known each other for years, worked in a couple of different projects together in the past to have the same kind of an idea. And then we got introduced through a mutual contact to a fantastic developer, a couple of developers who'd got some really unique takes on the software and how it could work. But I think they wouldn't mind me saying, hadn't perhaps seen the commercial opportunity or how to take that to market. And that's where we came in. So I don't actually come to this with a background in IT. Oh, okay. I come to this of a background in business and consultancy. Yeah. And so my natural point is to start with what's the problem and how do you fix it rather than this is lovely new technology and what do we do with it? Okay. So what do we do with it? It's such a massive subject right now, isn't it? And rather than talk about the entirety of artificial intelligence, because we'll be here all day, just pick out focus area for us at the moment, which is using what are called skills, which is how Amazon brand their apps. So you might think of an app on your phone is an easy way of thinking about it, but on an Amazon device, they would call that a skill. Yeah, And it's how do you then build a skill 
that has utility, that serves a purpose for a business uh, or a charity, as that's one of the things that we're particularly keen on working with. How do you utilize the fact that you have this infrastructure? So there's more than 5 million homes across the UK with SID devices in them, and that's growing. More than 70% of the market share is Amazon's and growing. So they've got this wonderful infrastructure that's been around for just over nine years now. And most people use it to listen to a bit of music, the radio, podcast, if you're lucky. Yeah. Checking the time, the weather, those kind of mundane facts. And don't really think about it for accessing information, goods and services like they might do with a website. But actually, it could perform a lot of the same functionality that a website does just in a different medium. And that's where the interconnected bit of this comes in. So for a business, you want to make sure that if you have voice technology like this, that it is aligned with your website, that it is aligned with any databases or APIs to get too techy that you might have already within your business to make sure that your marketing and the rest of your collateral is all aligned as well. Right. And the other bit of it is you don't want to build something fantastic and nobody know that it's there. Loads of questions there then. So what do you mean by aligned? What? Cause I'm imagining the SID, cause I've got several as well. We do all of those things that you said, including me adding things to a shopping list. Yeah. But I, how will I align that for my business? What will you do? In so. Perhaps the easiest place to think about it is, is as a marketing channel. Okay. If you view this as a route to market, so it's a different type of medium that you can get your message and you can communicate with your customer by using, particularly if your business is a B2C business model and one that has domestic customers. So the lovely example of somebody who stood in their kitchen doing the dishes, talking to their SID device. Your business could be talking to them directly and you've got no interference. There's no external conflicts. You're talking directly to them. Okay. So it's a very powerful tool. Okay. Um, but well, the thing people are nervous about is what's it going to say? Yeah. What well, I was going to say, what, so would that would be in terms of recording? No. So you, you can record your own message if you like to, and you can upload those as sound files and have your own voice deliver the responses that you want. You can use Sid's own voice, um, to do it. You could hire a voice actor and really go the whole hog, just like a TV advert and do it that way if you wanted to, but the default setting would be to have Sid deliver it in her own voice. So what you're then doing is you're designing the conversation. So you need to think about what are your customers going to ask? What do they want to know? And if they ask you that in person, how would you answer them? Mm -hmm. And so you want Sid to answer it in the way that you would. So you don't want any fear that it's going to give an incorrect answer or not know how it's going to give an answer. So. There's a terminology within the AI space, which is curated, which effectively means that we tell Sid what you're going to ask and how to answer it. We don't use things such as the chat GPT model, and there are many others and more every day. 
and give it the information and then ask it to respond on its own, like a chatbot would. Because that way you could get a great answer, but you could also get an answer that you didn't expect. Yeah. So we've, we utilize the AI as a fantastic tool to build these, but we don't deliver the answer with an AI generated answer. It's a human generated answer. Does that make sense? I think so. So is it, for instance, business like mine, would it be replacing a page of FAQs on your website? It's a great place to start. Lots of people do start there. Yeah. Look at those most commonly asked questions. I would wind it back a step and okay. say, what is the problem that you're seeking to solve use, utilizing this tool? And is it the right tool for the job? Mm-hmm. So are you wanting to market? Are you wanting to actually sell? Cause obviously they're two quite different things. Are you wanting to provide a service to existing customers? Are you wanting to future proof? That's quite a big thing. As more and more searches are done by voice, if you want your business to be found, then the first thing you have to do is be present. So you can't be found if you're not there. So there's all of these considerations to start off with first. Once you've then established as a business why you want to do this, then when you start designing the conversation, you can start with the end outcome in mind. So if you are Joe Blog's widgets, and your end outcome is you want somebody to buy a load of widgets, then you design the conversation so that the call to action at the end is for them to buy your widgets. But it might not be for somebody like bordering buddies. It might be, you want them to have a meeting with you. I you see. might like them to book a meeting or you might want to provide information as to when events are on and, mm. and look at diaries and those kind of things. It might be just as simple as what is a mastermind? People yes. might not know what one is. Yes. So you might want to answer that question for them. So it can do lots of different things, but in the same way that you would have a thought process about designing your website with a purpose, yes. you need to think about designing a skill with a purpose in exactly the same way. Yeah. So people would sign up for it in their app, in their SID app. You don't have to sign up as such. And one of the beauties with SID is you don't have to download anything or install anything. You do a process which is called enabling. So the very first time you want to use a skill, you tell SID to enable that skill. And then every time after you've done that, you just tell SID to open and the name of the skill you want to open and it'll take you straight there. So it's very easy for the end user. You're not really providing any barriers to them to go to your skill. Mm -hmm. They just have to ideally remember the name of your skill. You do have to think about how you're going to let people know it's there. Yeah. Because so far, it isn't like Google, is it? You can't just say, search for something on Google as if you would on the laptop or something. No, no voice search. And online searching are different right now. I say right now because by the time this goes out, that might be different. Because, yeah, the big search engines, Google and others, Microsoft, are plowing ahead so quickly Mm. with how AI is integrated within the search engine. And Amazon are no different. Amazon, with their bedrock, 
product now coming along. Sid's been around a long time. Yes. Every indicator will be that will be upgraded to provide the same functionality as well before too long. And so, yes, right now, you're going to have to say, mm. for example, launch bordering buddies, but it won't be too long before you're able to say, find me a mastermind in this area at this time. Uh, that's coming. Yeah. That's coming. And that's where the future proofing bit of it comes yeah. in. We yeah. know that's going to happen. We don't know exactly when, but mm -hmm. we do know that if you're not present, then when that search happens, you won't be found. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. You've got this machine in the room with you. Is it listening to you? Yes, but it is only listening for your wake word. Okay. Yeah. So it's not listening to everything you say in as much that it is just waiting for you to say the wake word. Okay. Yeah. Once you say the wake word, it is then listening to everything you say until you tell it to stop or you pause for too long, which mm. in Sid's case is about eight seconds. So yeah. if you don't say anything for about eight seconds, it'll stop and stop listening. Mm. But no, it's not sat there listening and recording everything that you're saying. Because I have heard people who've been quite concerned about that and said... In the early days, it was an issue. Yeah, mm. it was an issue. And there were several legal cases, particularly in the States, which uncovered the fact that it was storing that data. And Amazon and Google and others have obviously had to comply with legislation around doing so. So uh -huh. no, now the only thing that it's listening for is the wake word. I've got a very old one, first generation, it's still working. Can't quite link it up properly with the others. <laughs> you just won't, I don't know, I'll do. and maybe it's the way I'm using it in the app. I just don't seem to be able to get it to link up. <laughs> I'm afraid I can't provide an online no, service for you today on that one, Jackie. Yeah. And no, I think, oh, maybe I just need to swap it in for a little one, a dot. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. One of the things that's attractive about that particular product is they're so cheap. Yeah. Especially if you wait for a sale, they're dirt cheap, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the things that I like about that environment, mm -hmm. uh, particularly its application for charities, its application for people who might be disconnected from society and stuck at home and all yeah. of the other functionality that can provide then mm -hmm. is not too expensive. Yeah. It's so not too much. How would a charity use it then? Well, how does that work? If you think what problems do charities face? Because they're pretty similar across the board. They struggle to get people to donate, even though when you ask people, would you like to donate? They say yes, but then they don't donate. The same is true for volunteering. And then the third one is the, they have high admin costs and charities and not a lot of money to pay for them. Yes. So if you can save time and money through automation, that's going to help them out. So those three key pain points we've found to be similar across almost all charities that we've spoken to. So if you can provide a service that allows, we did that kitchen scenario, didn't we? Somebody stood in the kitchen yes. washing the dishes. Imagine that they've heard an advert on the radio for their local charity. And at the end of that advert, instead of saying, go to our website, ring this number, or even worse, visit this store, 
it could say, go to our skill. And so in, and you don't have to do anything. You just speak, goes to that skill. And when you're there, you can make a donation. So it's frictionless. It's instant. It's easy for the user. And we know us human beings like things to be really easy, don't we? So probably use a sat nav instead of a map. Yeah. So yeah, it's got a lovely application because it saves people time, money, and effort, which are the things that stop people from donating. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. And okay. So we've mentioned the chat GPT. Briefly. Yeah. (laughs) A big subject and just as scary, I think. As yes. the thought of having a machine listen to you, although we know it doesn't unless you take it. So, yeah, I do love my sits, so music and all those things like that you mentioned, the weather and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm more around the house. But the chat GPT thing seems a little bit more scary. I, my personal belief is that. AI itself is neither intrinsically good nor bad. Okay. It's what people will do with it that determines whether it's good or bad. But there is no question with AI that it could be used for either. And I think if you focus on the negative, that's all you'll see. And if you focus on the positive, that's all you'll see. What we really need is a balanced approach and we need guard guardrails and safety measures to limit the ability for bad things to happen with it without stifling creativity and opportunity that the technology provides to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's proving to be a very tough thing to strike that balance at the moment. And I think countries across the world are wrestling with this right now. Yeah. But as I said, right at the top of the podcast, the difference that with this is that it's already been published and put out to the world and everybody could use it before we've had those conversations. So now we're trying to have it almost after the horse is bolted, which makes it even more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I've been using it is when I've been writing something, content perhaps, or even writing a difficult email, I've just copied and pasted and said, write more. Rewrite more succinctly or that for Yes. And it's immediately done it in seconds, which was. Yeah. Brilliant. Fascinating. Cause you, you mentioned earlier all about business owners. We want to save time and money. So it does yes. help now for sure. Um, yeah, it does. It's a fantastic tool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you view it as a tool, yes. then it's easier to start making an educated decision on, is it the right tool for this job for my business at the moment? And it might well be, and it might well not be, but you're not doing it for the sake of doing it or because everybody else is doing it. You're doing it because it's the right thing for mm. you to use, mm. but don't think that it doesn't come without any level of investment. So just because you can access, and I'll, we'll stick with chat GPT because it's yeah, the yeah. there's plenty of others and I'm quite sure there'll be lots more coming down the line very soon, Yeah, but that's the one that's got the headlines. So we'll stick with that one. You can get a free version yeah. of chat GPT that does what most people would need it to do. So you don't have to pay for it. So that barrier to entry is already gone. Yes. You then don't really, 
would appear that you don't need to be trained to use it. But what's actually happening is you really do. Okay. If you look at a lot of content that's generated by chat GPT, you can tell straight away that it's generated, it's AI generated content. And that's because the person who did it doesn't understand the process of prompt engineering, which is what the industry is calling. How do you give it the input to get the output that you want? And they probably haven't invested any time in training the software on how to answer those questions. So if I give you an example, yeah, if I was going to use ChatGP to write a proposal for me, yes. I could just say, hit, write me a proposal for, yes, and then it would do one. If I couldn't paste that and use it, it's likely to be factually inaccurate in mm -hmm. some places. It's likely, well, almost certainly not going to sound like me. So to anybody who knows me, it won't be in my voice and even worse, it might lie. So if there's something in there that it doesn't actually know the answer for, it will try and find an answer. So it's a bit like predictive text It's working on what does it think is going to come next? And it could get that wrong. And you see a lot of mistakes with people generate the content that way, publish it. And that what they haven't done is stopped, checked it, edited it, and they haven't invested the time with the software to train it on how to answer in their voice. Yeah. Really well done. Documents, proposals, conversations within chat GPT can be produced if you invest the time and build your own skill set in how to do it. Right. Or you outsource it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I've used websites as an analogy a few times today, so I'll stick with it. You can go and build your own website, can't you? Without knowing any knowledge, you can go online, find a platform provider, do it dirt cheap. Yes. It'll be a functional website. Or you can go, do you know what? I'm going to pay somebody who really knows what they're doing here, who's got a skill set, who's going to question me and understand exactly what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. And I'll pay for that done for you service. And it's going to be better, but it's going to cost me more. Mm. But as a business owner, you make that value judgment, don't you? Yeah. Do I want the 15 pound a month one that I've got to do myself? Mm. Or do I spend six or seven grand and get an amazing one designed by a fantastic designer? Yeah. And I think at the moment we're so enamored with the fact that everybody could use chat GPT we've, we haven't got to stage two yet, which is actually, there's going to be people that really have fantastic skill set in using this going forward. And business owners might say, do you know what, rather than me try and teach myself to do this, how much would it cost for me to get somebody to do it for me? And so there'll be a done for you service industry around AI. I'm quite sure. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the way I've been using it is a tool. It, what I found it does is it helps stop the blank sheet of paper syndrome. That time, oh, I need to write some content and it's not coming. No, so, it's amazing at that. Yeah. It really is. They're giving me some prompts or a piece of text that I can then develop and yes. change. Yeah. One of, the, one of the nice things for you to have a play with, but for anybody listening who's not had a play with is, ask it to ask you questions about you and your business and what you wanted to do. 
Oh, fabulous. So if you say, ask me questions about bordering buddies so that you can understand the business, it will. Never thought of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Just a, a very simple, but it's very helpful if once you've done that, you then ask it a question and tell it to answer as bordering buddies. It's more likely to be right. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. What a great tip. Thank you for that. <laughs> so back to interconnected voice technology. Yeah. A mouthful, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. It is, but we wanted something that was descriptive of what we were doing. Yeah. With a name like Voicon, people would all often say, what does Voicon mean? Yes. And it was actually, it's really simple. It's voice consultancy. Yeah. Uh, and it was just the two words pushed together. Yeah. And just like a lot of people starting a business, you check to see if that's available, don't you? Yeah. You do all uh, domain names and all the rest of it. And it was, and we thought, you know what? We like that. We're going to go with that. Yeah. But yes, as we've grown yeah, and become more visible, then we wanted to actually have a strap line that described what it is that we did. Mm. And that's where the interconnected voice technology people came from. Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody who's got their own business and they're thinking about the future, their marketing, what process do they have to go through to kind of future build it kind of thing? Yeah. The start, if you know that you want to be there, you're not mm. quite sure what you want to do with it, the easiest place to start is with a flag in the ground. Okay. So you have that launch phrase that opens the skill. So that could be Sid open bordering buddies. That could be Sid open my lawyer or open voice consult, whichever what it is. So that's your starting point. So if you think about what do you want your customer to ask for, to then be taken to you. Where it gets interesting is that it isn't like the URL. It's not like a website. You can't buy that phrase. You can't register it and sit on it for later date and you, and it has to be demonstrably different from any other one that already exists because you're using voice technology. What you don't want it to do is miss here and take the person to the wrong place. Yeah. So one of the ones that I'm building at the moment, an organization called tap Alexa, I've said it, Sid, sorry, often gets confused between the words tap and top. So when you start testing things, you have to test a lot to see, is it going to be accurate? If it's going to fail when people are asking that, then you need to think of a different phrase. So the launch phrase, I think is a lovely thing to think about as well as a business owner, because you're thinking about your own identity. What do you want to be called? What do you want to be known as? And then your minimum stake in the game is to have a very small skill built. And by small, we've determined that you can have five questions and answers with a unique launch phrase. And as long as that provides good, relevant information about your business, so some utility for the user, then Amazon say, yes, you can publish that. So that's your minimum value proposition then. And what that does is for as long as it's live, Nobody else can have that phrase. Right. 
if you want, we, one of the ones we've done is my lawyer. So if you want to own the term open my lawyer, then the only way to do that is to build a skill that is open my lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So now nobody else can have that. That's gone. And you can't just change an uppercase to a lowercase like you could do with a website yeah. to get a slight yeah. variation. It won't work. Yeah. So it would need to be different for somebody else. A few people have said, oh, is there going to be a land grab for these phrases? There's not a land grab because you can't buy and own them or sell or trade them. There's not a registry where you go to, but there's certainly a race. If you've got something that you particularly want to be known for, then your only way of securing that is to get in there first. Yeah. So when you talk about those five questions and answers, yeah, they're probably then the most, you need to answer the most popular yes. questions. Yeah. So after having done these now for about a year, mm -hmm. these particular ones, we've discovered there's a nice happy path for people to start off with this. Okay. So if you think about what are you, so if you describe what your business is, yeah. you say, who are you? Because people want to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Why use you? Yeah. What does it cost? Because you need to answer that cost question pretty early on. And what do they do next? Yeah. So what are you? Who are you? What do you do? Why use you? How much will it cost? What do I do now? That's a nice little happy path. Has some utility, answers those questions. And at the end of it, you can tell people what you then want them to do. Do you want them to connect with you on LinkedIn? Do you want them to go to your website? Do you want them to phone you? book a meeting, what is it you then want the person to do once they've listened to that? And I suppose for some businesses, they could actually make a purchase. Yes. Yeah. Voice commerce works very much the same as e-commerce. So you would need to have an account the first time you do it. You'd need to have mm. an identifier. We don't want a scenario where somebody's ordering stuff on your behalf. And so we need to make sure the security is in place to do that. Yeah. But yeah, once you've done that, then you can order stuff with your voice. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. You can do that with Amazon anyway, can't you? Absolutely you can. Yeah. But you can do that. It doesn't have to be through Amazon. If you don't want to go through that route, then you don't have to. That is very much a, the easiest way to go. Absolutely it is because that environment is already there. But then you do have to be part of the Amazon environment and you have to pay the bank of Amazon. And for some businesses, you might not want to do that. Yeah. Okay. It's been really interesting. Thank you so much. Yeah. Fantastic. So how do we get in touch with you? Two ways. First and foremost, I'm visible on LinkedIn. So anybody that wants to connect with me, follow my stuff. I post a lot on LinkedIn. That's a great place to find me. And then if you want to see me in person, I network with Circle Networks. We're in a group on every other Tuesday afternoon, which is the Leicester group. So Tuesday afternoons at one o'clock, I'm always online at Circle Networks and I attend a lot of their other events as well. So those two places are the best places to find me. Brilliant. And if you want to know a bit more about what we do, then a great place to start is go and have a look at the skill that we've built for Voicon, which you say, Sid, open voice consult. And once you're there, you can ask all the questions that you want and actually if you get stuck when you get there, 
and you don't know what to ask, say, give me a prompt. And then it will suggest a question for you to ask. Yeah. There's lots of times people go there with two or three questions and then run out of ideas. So we've built a prompting system so that if you don't know what to say, just say, give me a prompt and then we'll feed you a question to ask so you can find out more. So for listeners then, that's a great way to experience it. Yes. If you're a little bit unsure as to how that would work with your business and, ha- and to see how you're using it. Yeah, it is for us. It's a marketing tool. It's an advert of itself. So it's something we wouldn't be a very good business if we didn't build one for ourselves, would we? (laughs) Pretty early on. We obviously built one for ourselves. I don't know why my camera just dropped then for some reason. Back again. Yeah. So we're constantly looking to develop functionality. Yeah. And that's evolving at a rapid rate at the moment. So right now, a lot of that information is static. So if you go on today or tomorrow, you'll get the same answer. What gets really interesting is where you've got dynamic information, which changes. Yeah. Yeah. So say you're a restaurant, your table availability, your bookings are going to change constantly. Yeah. Your menu's probably going to change constantly. Your pricing might be changing constantly. And the skill needs to be up to date, be live and be correct every time somebody asks a question. Yeah. So to do that, you've got to hook into a database that has that information on it. So that answer can be delivered in real time. And that gets then really interesting and exciting. That's where I get excited. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's been brilliant. Thank you ever so much, Chris. That's great. Oh, good. Hopefully it answered a few questions. Yeah, it has, I think. I'm definitely going to go on your skill and have a play. <laughs> so that's brilliant. And suggest to other listeners as well. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, that you have heard what Chris has had to say about the Alexa skill, we'll say it again, and having your own skill and how it can help you in your future business and as part of your marketing tool. So I think that's really interesting. Thanks ever so much for coming on, Chris, and look forward to seeing you again soon. And listeners, hope you've enjoyed it. Let me know what you think and follow and make a comment. That would be great. Cheers. Till next time. Thank you, everyone. I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Do subscribe for more podcasts and it would be lovely if you shared it on your favourite podcast platform. If you have any questions or you would like to talk any more on the topic, then do connect with me on LinkedIn or email me on jax, that's J-A-X, at jackiecasey.consulting. And thanks for listening.